0: أعوذ Lesson number 156 Surah Al-Kahf Okay, we'll continue the lesson now On the other hand إِنَّ آمنوا, Indeed those people who have believed wa And they have also done righteous deeds Iman is in the heart The place of Iman is the heart So in their heart is Iman وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they have done righteous deeds. Where is the place of amal? It's the jawarih, Limbs, including the heart. So in their heart is iman. And as a result of that iman, they also perform righteous deeds. But remember the condition of righteous deeds. Two conditions. That first of all, with sincerity. Only for the sake of Allah. Because a person who does something for other than Allah, that is not acceptable from him. And secondly, that it should be in accordance with the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the laws that Allah has given. We learn from a hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am the most independent of those whom they ascribe as partners to me. And whoever does an action associating partners with me I leave aside him and his shirk. A person who does work, who does something while associating partners with me, while doing it for the sake of others, to get their pleasure, to show off, to get their approval, then what happens? Allah leaves such a person and He also leaves His action. He does not give him any reward whatsoever. So al salihat, Two conditions. In accordance with Sharia and also exclusively for the sake of Allah. So if a person does shirk, or if a person does actions which are not according to the Sharia, which are innovations, do they carry any weight? No. So those people who have Iman and they do Amal Salih, Kanat Lahum. It is for them. What is for them? Jannatul Firdaus. Gardens of Paradise. And Jannatul Firdaus are for them? Nuzulan. A lodging. Entertainment. That is what is prepared for them before even they arrive in Jannah. But for who? Those who have Iman and Amal Salih If you notice Kanat lahum. Kanat Kainuna is of two types. The word kana, kanat, yakunu, it is of two types. But especially the one that is of maldi. Kainuna is first of all maldiya, which gives meaning of past tense. It was he was. She was. She became. It became. And secondly, kainuna is also for tahqiq. What does that mean? To show the certainty of its event. To show how certain this attribute is or this action is. Like for example, when the word kana is used with the names of Allah Subhanahu Taala, Wa kana Allahu Gafur Al Rahima. What does it mean? That He is ever forgiving and merciful. That most definitely, certainly, He was, is. Always is He is غفور and Rahim. So over here when Allah says لَهُمْ جَنَّاتُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ Meaning certainly Jannatul الْفِرْدَوْسِ Have been prepared for them If you notice Firdaus has been mentioned Firdaus is An ism alam It's a proper name Of what? Of the highest level of Jannah And literally the word Firdaus Is used for a garden Or a valley that is full of fruits That is full of fruit trees And also flowers It has everything That a garden should have Generally if you go to an orchard If you go to a garden Sometimes you will see only grass Sometimes you will see okay grass And you will also see a vegetable patch Maybe the plants are giving some vegetables Or maybe they are giving some fruit But when you also see flowers This is what? A perfect and complete garden that has everything that should be there. And Fardasan literally means to be broad, to be ample, to be wide, comfortable. So jannatul Firdosi Nuzulan. This is what is prepared for them. The Prophet said al Jannah When you ask Allah for paradise, Fas ask him for Firdos. Why? Fa Innahu Ala وَأَوْسَطُ الْجَنَّةِ For it is the highest part of paradise, in the middle of paradise. وَمِنْهُ <جَنَّة> And from it spring the rivers of paradise. So ask him for Firdaus. Another hadith tells us that وَفَوْقَهُ عَرْشُ Rahman, And above Firdaus is what? The arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for such people, Allah has prepared Jannatul الْفِرْدَّوْسِ نُزُلًا Khalidina فِيهَا One's abiding therein eternally لَا يَبُغُونَ عَنْهَا They will not desire from it any transfer Never will they desire to be moved from there Why? Because it is so perfect It is so complete It is so blissful It is so pleasing It is so peaceful that they will never desire that they should be transferred from there. Think about it. If you go to a resort, if you go to a hotel, if you go to a place, which is very luxurious, and you're staying over there, and you're offered, would you like to move somewhere else? What would you want to say? No. But think about it. This Jannah, why is it complete? How is it so blissful? How is it so perfect? Because every single person is going to see himself as the most lucky one. Each person in Jannah is going to consider himself to be the most lucky one. He will not find anyone who is better than him. Because if you go to a resort, if you're staying over there, and you see that the person who has his suite next to yours has something that you don't have. Their suite is bigger, even if it's by only a few square feet. Or their suite has a better view Will that make you happy? Will that make you content? No. You will keep thinking, I wonder what's there. I wonder how that is. It will take all your pleasure and happiness away. So part of the perfection of the bliss and comfort and blessings of Jannah is that each person will consider himself to be the most lucky one. He will not find anyone who is better than him. This is why لَا يَبُغُونَ عَنْهَا حِوَلًا They will not desire from it any transfer. حِوَل is change of place, dislocation. To transfer from one place to the other. From one location to the other. So if anyone were to be asked in Jannah, Would you like to move to another location? Would you like to move to another part of Jannah? He will say no. Because I am so content, so happy here, and this is the best part of Jannah. This is what each person in Jannah is going to think. There is no place in this entire dunya, this entire dunya where a person can say, I will never be bored over here. No place at all. You go to any place, no matter how luxurious it is, how beautiful it is, how comfortable it is, eventually you are going to get bored. Why? Because this dunya is not perfect. Where eventually you will have to leave. You can never be completely satisfied in this dunya. Complete satisfaction, complete happiness, complete peace is where? It's in Jannah. This is why a person must not waste his life thinking that he will find peace and happiness in this dunya. It's not possible. This is a futile effort, a useless effort, a waste of effort. If a person thinks that we can achieve Happiness and bliss in this dunya No, it's only in Jannah In Surah Sa'd, Ayah 54 We learn Indeed, this is our provision For it, there is no depletion It will never come to an end It will never run out Say, if the sea were ink. ان the sea Just imagine the quantity of water In the sea, in the ocean How much water is there on the surface of the earth? If you think about it, three quarters is water and about one quarter is land. So, لَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا What is مِدَاد? مِدَاد is ink. Ink. And the word مِدَاد is also used for lamp oil. And مَدَّ يَمُدُّ literally means to spread, to extend, to stretch out. So مِدَاد is used for ink. Why? Because you extend that ink over pages and pages Books and books Isn't it? If you go through your just Look at all the ink that you have spread out That you have extended over pages and pages This is why midad is called midad So if the oceans, if the sea were ink To write what? In order to write kalimati Rabbi, In order to record the words of my Lord What are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Kalimat of Allah are of two types First of all, kalimat shar'iyya What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to his messengers The books that Allah gave, the scriptures that he gave And also, the revelation that he gave to his prophets There is a difference One is the kitab And the other is the rest of the revelation The rest of the instruction Because remember there are two types of wahi Matlu as well as ghayr matlu That which is recited and that which is not recited So whatever words that Allah inspired to His messengers, to His prophets, the kalamullah, the books of Allah, and for us, what is it today? The Qur'an. So if the oceans were ink to write the kalimat of my Lord, what would happen? لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّي the seas would be exhausted, they would be depleted, they would be used up before the words of Allah would come to an end. Before you would finish recording and writing the explanation, the reflection of the words of Allah, the words of Allah themselves even, all the ink would be exhausted. All the ink would be exhausted. Because the words of Allah are unlimited. Just the Quran, if you look at it, you can never fully encompass it. No matter how much you write about the Qur'an, no matter how much you reflect over the Qur'an, no matter how many lessons you try to extract from the Qur'an, if you try writing all of them, you will never be able to stop. Never. Therefore, a person can never think that I have studied the Qur'an once, I have the explanation in front of me, I have the lessons in front of me, and that is sufficient. No. Each time you open an ayah, each time you open the Qur'an, you will learn more things. You will learn more lessons. You will gain more understanding. Because the words of Allah, you cannot limit them to a word count. You cannot limit them to a word count. You cannot confine them. They're unlimited. The understanding, the reflection, it's unlimited. And remember that Al-Khadr, what did he say to Musa A.S.? That my knowledge and your knowledge in comparison to Allah's knowledge is like what the bird has taken out of the sea This is all our knowledge And the rest is the knowledge of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So imagine if the knowledge of Allah If the words of Allah that He inspired To His prophets and messengers If they were to be written It would be impossible to fully encompass them Second the kalimat of Allah Also include the kawni kalimat What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has created by His kalima kun And so many things Allah has created By His kalima kun B. And it becomes. It happens. It begins to grow. The process of creation begins. It starts. For example, for every single human being, he has a DNA code. Right? And if that is recorded, if the DNA code of every single person is written, would it be possible? All the C's would be exhausted. Similarly, the rest of the creation that Allah has created, if they were to be recorded, if you were to list and number each and every animal and describe it completely and fully, would you be able to do it? You would not be able to do it. And the Karimat of Allah has also been understood as His knowledge. And also His arjaib, the marvels, the wonders of His creation. His wisdom, His power, His praise. If you were to describe that, if you were to write that, if you were to record that, لَنَّفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَذَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّهِ وَلَوْ جِئْنَا And even if we came بِمِثْلِهِ with its like, madadan as a supplement. Even if the equivalent of the baḥr is brought as a supplement to the ink. Even if you were to have double the amount of that ink, still you would not be able to bright and fully record the kalimat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We learn in surah al ayah number 27. وَلَوْ أَنَّمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجْرَةٍ أَقْلَامٌ وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرٍ مَا نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ And if whatever trees upon the earth were pens and the sea was ink, replenish thereafter by seven more seas. Over here, what do we learn? مِثْلِهِ One. But over there we learned seven more C's. The words of Allah would not be exhausted. Just imagine one pen you have. One pen, which has a little bit of ink. How much can you write with it? How much can you write with it? So much. Pages and pages you can write with just one pen. One single pen. Now imagine if all the C's were ink. And all the trees were turned into pens. And you began writing. Still it would not be possible. This is how great Allah is. That if you began praising Him, if you began writing His words, His commands, His creation, His knowledge, you would not be able to encompass it. You would not be able to do that. This is how small you are. This is how great He is. This is how infinite He is. قُلْ say, إنما أنا بشر مثلكم. Announce it to the people of Prophet wasallam that indeed I am only a man. I am only a human being Not an angel Who am I? A Bashar And I am a Bashar Mithlukum Just like you Notice the word Mithlukum Mithliya has been mentioned To show that definitely he is a human being That I am a Bashar Not just by appearance But I am a Bashar just like you This is why the Prophet Became angry Just like people do He became ill, he felt sick, just like other people do. He felt hungry, just like other people do. He became thirsty, just like other people do. He would try to save himself from the heat of the sun, just like other people do. And he would try to save himself from arrows in battle, just like other people do. He would forget, just like other people do. And he had a shadow, just like other people do. Because, إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ I am a human being just like you. Physically, I'm just like you. Like any other human being. There are some people who will say that the Prophet ﷺ was made of nur. He was made of light. This is a lie. This is something that is incorrect. Because there is absolutely no evidence behind that. And this ayah contradicts this claim. Because the Prophet ﷺ was told to say that I am a bashar Mitlukum. Just like you So just as you are made of Solid matter Flesh and bones I am also made of flesh and bones Just as you have a shadow Even I have a shadow And if people say That he had no shadow Then there must have been some evidence for it Because this would be A great ayah A great sign A great miracle And it would be narrated widely by many, many companions. But we don't even see one report that says the Prophet did not have a shadow. He was made of light. No, he was a human being. ma ana basharun mislukum. And because he was a human being just like others, this is why he did not have the power to bring any benefit or to avert any harm from the people. What do we learn in Surah Al-Jinn? Ayah number 21. قُلْ إِنِّي لَا أَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ وَلَا رَشَدًا I do not have any authority to harm you or to bring you guidance. But despite this, there are people who attribute to the Prophet ﷺ such high attributes that they do not describe Allah Taala with. When the Prophet ﷺ is mentioned, their skins begin to shiver. But when Allah is mentioned, it's as if Allah is not mentioned at all. It's as if He was not even mentioned. Unfortunately, the love for the Prophet has increased the love that people have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not saying loving the Prophet is wrong. No, it's a condition of iman. It's a condition of iman. Never ignore that. However, he was a human being. And we must take him as a human being. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet Say, announce that innama... Indeed, I am only a human being just like you. But how am I different from you? The only difference is, Yuha ilayya. It is revealed to me. Wahi is given to me. And notice, Yuha ilayya. Only to me. Meaning from amongst all you people, Wahi comes to who? Only to me. Not to my cousin, not to my nephew, not to my uncle. No. It comes to who? Only me. Just like Wahi was given to who? the previous Prophets and Messengers. And what is the message of that wahi? That, أَنَّمَا إِلَاهُكُمْ ilāhu waḥid? That your God is only one God. This is the essence. This is the gist of the revelation that was given to the Prophet ﷺ. That there is no God except Him. فَمَن كَانَ يَرْجُوُ So whoever wishes, whoever desires, لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ To meet his Lord. Any person who wishes to meet his Lord, what should he do? Then he should do righteous deeds. Whoever, whoever hopes, whoever looks forward to, whoever wants to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning لقائه, good meeting with Allah, then he should do such an easy and simple recipe to have a good meeting with Allah and what is that amal salih amal salih wa yushrik and he should not associate bi ibadati in worship rabbi of his lord ahadan anyone at all he should not associate anyone when it comes to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes shirk in Rububiya and shirk in asma wa sifat is also not permissible However, when it's mentioned over here, لَا bi بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ ahada عِبَادَة specifically is mentioned because that is the focus. عَمَلْ Salih is being mentioned. If you notice, عَمَلْ Salih includes توحيد. Doesn't it? It includes ikhlas. That's the condition of عَمَلْ Salih. But we see that shirk is nullified again. It's negated again. Why? To emphasize that even if there is the slightest trace of shirk, there is the slightest trace of riya that amal will not be accepted. There will be hurdles. There will be problems. There will be difficulties in having a good meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It might not be possible to have a good meeting with Allah. So whoever wishes to meet Allah, then he must fulfill these two conditions. And this is the main message that was delivered by all the prophets. All the prophets. We learn in the Quran مَنْ كَانَ يرجو لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ أَجَلَ اللَّهِ لَآتْ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Whoever desires to meet Allah Then indeed the meeting with Allah The time of meeting with Allah Is surely coming It is surely coming It is very near What's the only step? Death That's it And death can come at any moment Therefore, what should a person do while he's still breathing? While he still has life? While he still has some time? What should he focus on? Amal Salih. Because wal baqiyat, al Salihat. And al mal and al banoon, you're gonna stay behind. They're gonna leave you. You're gonna meet your Lord alone. Without your children. Without your wealth. So take use of this time فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ رَبِّهِ Recitation
1: إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ كَانَتْ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ نُزُلًا خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا لَا يَبْغُونَ عَنْهَا حِوَلًا the first thing that I want to say is that I want to say to you that I بشر مثلكم يوحى إلي أنما إلهكم إله واحد فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا فليعمل عملا صالحا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ
0: If you look at the last ayat of Surah Al-Kahf, Allah's greatness is mentioned. The how great Allah is. And how little, how small, how insignificant people are. So what does not fit a human being at all is pride. And what he needs to do throughout his life is self-evaluation. Because, you see, one is that a person aims for this dunya, but this dunya is nothing. And the other is that a person aims to meet his Lord, who is the greatest, Al-A'la. And then he will be successful. Then he will have achieved something. Now just a quick summary of Surah kahf Surah kahf the Prophet wasallam said about it, that whoever memorizes ten ayat from the beginning of Suratul Kahf, and according to another narration, the last ten ayat, which are at the end of Suratul Kahf, will be protected from the fitnah of Dajjal. the jahl. The fitnah of the what is it? The Prophet ﷺ said, "Between the creation of Adam and the arrival of the hour, there is no fitnah that is greater than that the Dajjal it's the greatest trial It's the greatest difficulty That humanity will ever face Will ever come across The fitna of Dajjal As you know that Dajjal is a person He is a human being And he is alive today As we learn from several Ahadith Inshallah There is a book by Umar al-Ashqar The Minor Resurrection There is a whole chapter on Dajjal I encourage that you read it and it shows to us that the Jal is actually a person. Many people say it's not a person. It's actually, you know, a system. It's the like psycho system that has been set by some people. That is the Jal. No, the Jal is actually a person. And in this book is a lot of detail. You can also find it in another book, which is the book of the end. It's by Darussalam. In that also you will find a lot of detail with regards to the And what is the test of the What will he do? When he will come out, He will be a great test to the faith of people To the iman of people That he will claim to be God And he will show certain things He will say certain things He will do certain things Which will cause people to believe in him Which will cause people to completely leave their faith Which is why the Prophet ﷺ said Whoever hears of the Dajjal Then let him keep away from him For by Allah A man will come to him thinking himself to be a believer Then he will follow him Because of the doubts that he stirs up So this is the greatest fitna. And when he will come, there will be a lot of people who will begin to follow him on being influenced by him. And he will go through the entire world, the entire earth very quickly. Every city, every population he is going to enter. And people are going to become influenced by him except for which two cities, Medina and Makkah. He will not be able to enter those cities. We learn from a hadith that the Dajjal will not leave any part of the earth without entering it and prevailing over it. He will rule over it. He will be the ruler apart from Makkah and Medina. He will not approach any of their gates but he will be met by angels with unsheathed swords. We also see the Prophet ﷺ said that I am the most knowledgeable about the Dajjal, about what the Dajjal will have with him. He will have two rivers. One will appear to be white water And another will appear to be a raging fire If anyone is put to that test Then let him go to the one which he thinks is fire Then let him close his eyes Tilt his head and drink from it For it is cool water So he will deceive people He will deceive people We learn from another hadith That the Prophet ﷺ said Part of his fitna will be That he will say to a Bedouin Do you think that if I resurrect your father And your mother for you You will bear witness that I am your lord? The Bedouin will say yes. Then a shaytan will appear to him in the form of his father and mother and he will say my son follow him for he is your Lord. We also learn that the Jal will come to the people and he will call them and they will believe in him and respond to him. He will command the sky to send down rain and it will do so. He will command the earth to bring forth its vegetation and it will do so. In the evening their livestock will come back to them with their humps high, their udders full of milk and their flanks stretched. Then he will come to some of the people and call them but they will reject what he says. He will leave them and they will suffer drought and have nothing left of their wealth. He will pass through the wasteland and say to it, bring forth your treasure and its treasure will follow him like a swarm of bees. So this is going to be his test. That he will have a lot of power, a lot of influence, a lot of authority. Even over the earth. That rain and growth and plantation is going to be in his control. And because of that people are going to think that he is God. That he is the Lord. And they are going to believe in him and follow him. We also learned that Muslim has narrated in a hadith from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri with the wording that the Dajjal will emerge and a man from among the believers will set out to confront him. He will be met by the guards of the Dajjal who will ask him, where are you going? And he will say, I am going to this man who has emerged, meaning the tajjal. They will say to him, do you not believe in our Lord? Meaning, do you not believe in the tajjal? He will say, we know our Lord full well. Meaning, we know who Allah is and we believe in Him. So they will say, kill him. Then one of them will say to another, didn't he forbid us to kill anyone without consulting him? So they will take him to the Dajjal. And when the believer sees him, he will say, O oh people, this is the Dajjal of whom the Messenger of Allah spoke. Dajjal will give orders that he be laid on his stomach, that man be laid on his stomach, that believer. And then he will say, take him and beat him. He will be beaten severely on his back and stomach. Then he will say, do you not believe in me? The believer will say, you are the false messiah. Then the Dajjal will issue orders that he be split with a saw from the parting in his hair to between his legs. Then the Dajjal will walk between the two pieces of his body. And then he will say to him, Get up. And the man will stand up, the one who had been killed. And then he will say to him, Do you believe in me? He will say, I am only more certain about you that you are the Dajjal. He will say, O oh people, he will not be able to kill anyone after me. The Dajjal will seize him, to kill him. But a shield of copper will be placed between his neck and collarbone And he will not be able to do anything to him He will take him by his hands and legs And cast him aside And the people will think that he has thrown him into the fire But he will be thrown into paradise The Prophet ﷺ said He will be the greatest martyr In the sight of the Lord of the worlds And there is a report by Tamim al In which we learn that Once a group of people They traveled over the sea and because of the waves, because of the storms, their boat it got lost in the sea and they ended up on an island and when they got there they actually met the Jal over there. And this is a hadith that is reported in Muslim. As I mentioned earlier as well, the Jal is a human being which this hadith proves. And he is alive today. And only the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being awaited for the Jal to come forth the dajjal will come and soon after isa al-salam will kill him he will destroy him we learned that isa al he will go to kill the dajjal and as soon as isa Al-Salam will come close to the dajjal the dajjal will begin to melt just like salt melts in water but then isa al is going to go and kill him so the dajjal his fitnah is one of the greatest fitnah that human beings will face because it's the fitnah of iman it's the great test of Iman. People's Iman is going to be tested. Today, we see that people, because of science, they lose their faith. Because of some discoveries, they lose their faith. Because of what the scientists have said, people begin to doubt the Quran. Now, just imagine the Jal is doing things, saying things, showing things. How quickly people are going to lose their faith. So, what did the Prophet say? That whoever memorizes the 10 ayats, it's not difficult. It's not difficult, my dear. Ten ayat only. He will be saved from the fitnah of the jahl. Only ten ayat. And there is another du'a in which the Prophet ﷺ taught us: "Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ardabil qabr wa a'udhu bika min ardabijahannam wa a'udhu bika min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal." Make this du'a. The Prophet ﷺ would make this du'a before saying the salam regularly. And we should also make this habit Of making this du'a Very simple two ways Of being protected from the fitna of the jah Memorize these ayat Recite them regularly And also make the du'a from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now the question is How does a surah protect a person From the fitna of the jah We see there Four stories that are mentioned in the surah The first is of Ashabul kahf And what does that story demonstrate to us The trial of faith The test of faith when a person becomes a believer he is definitely tested. And what's a solution to that? Good company. Wasbit nafsaka bilghadati wal'ashi. And also another solution is fa'u ila yanshur lakum rabbukum When you're facing persecution because of your religion, don't abandon the religion, don't put yourself in hardship, what should you do? Just retreat. Go to the cave. Go to a place of isolation where you can practice your faith. And remember the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that whoever learns that the jail is there, he should stay away from him. He should not put himself in the fitna. Secondly, we learned about the story of the owner of the two gardens, which shows to us the trial of wealth, the test of wealth. That wealth makes a person heedless of the hereafter. It makes a person literally lose his iman. That person said, "Wama Azunnu. I don't think that the hour will be established. So what's the solution to this test? How should a person go through it? What will help him go through this test easily? That a person must think of the reality of the life of this dunya. bilāhum al Dunya kama in min sama, as we learned in this surah. Similarly he should focus on that which will last. Al wa al Banuna, Dunya, and a person should remember that every single thing that he's doing is being written. The third story that we learned in the surah was of Musa and Khadr. And that shows to us the trial of knowledge. And what is that trial? That a person becomes arrogant on acquiring some knowledge. He thinks that he knows a lot. Or a person acquires knowledge But he does not implement it He still pursues useless things He knows a lot But he does not implement His focus is not still the akhirah. So what is it that's going to help a person? It's Sabr As we have learned through the story of Musa and Khadr Repeatedly Sabr was being mentioned Musa salam said "Satajiduni insha اللَّهُ صَابِرًا وَلَا Because a person may know a lot But when can he implement when he is able to control himself. A person may know a lot, but when can he save himself from pride? When he can control himself. Sabr is a big requirement. Big requirement. The fourth story that is mentioned is that of Zulqarnain, And that shows to us the trial of power. The fitna of authority. Generally what happens? When a person acquires power, he begins to lose his faith. He begins to become unjust. He forgets that there is someone else who is above him. Or his focus becomes the dunya only. So what is it that's going to help a person go through this test easily? When a person realizes that my achievements are only by the mercy of Allah. هَذَا رَحْمَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّي If you look at it, the Jal is a collection of all of these trials. He will test the people's religion. He will ask the people to worship him, to believe in him. Wealth, he will order the earth to bring out its treasures and it will do so. Knowledge, he will deceive many people by his ability to foresee the future. Authority and power, he will prevail over every city of this earth. So we see that the Dajjal is a collection of all of these trials. This is why he is the biggest fitna. The biggest fitna. And right in the middle of the surah, who else is mentioned? Iblis. Because he is behind All of these trials He is the one Who creates these problems for us So what do we need To go through these tests Successfully Focus on the hereafter Constant effort Sabr Realizing that Ahsan amal is required And in the surah There are many other lessons as well Overall That we can see Being mentioned repeatedly Throughout the surah that first of all, a believer should constantly be working. He never takes a break. Musa alayhi salam khadr We see that the Ashabul kahf, they left the city, fa'u ila al and when they got up, again they got to work. Similarly, zul what did he do? Atba'a sababa. So the believer is constantly working. This is why we have been told to recite the surah every Friday, because generally Friday is what? A weekend The beginning of a weekend But don't think Just because it's a weekend You don't need to do anything No Begin your weekend With the recitation of the Quran Another theme That is repeatedly mentioned In the surah Is the belief in the unseen As we can see Evident from all of these stories Ashabul al-ka'af is it possible They slept for so long How many were they in number How long exactly they stayed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows We believe whatever Allah is saying Musa in khadr how did Khadr know? Allah gave him that knowledge. Right? qarnayn how did he build that wall? Where are the Juj and Majuj? The jall, when will he come? This is all part of the Ghayb. But this concept is being reinforced again and again through every story. That whatever your Lord is telling you, believe in it. And for you, Khair is in that. Then another theme that we see constantly throughout the surah is of Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahiyan Al-Munkar. We see that the Ashabul Kahaf, what did they do? They commanded one another to do right. They encouraged one another. Waasbir nafsaka ma'aladina yid'u'una Stay in their company. Similarly, we see the story of the owner of the two gardens. His companion was constantly advising him. Musa and Khadr, Khadr is constantly reminding him. Musa alayhi salam also, what is he doing? He's correcting him constantly. Although he was not allowed to. Right? So we see constantly wa بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَّهِيَ لَلْمُنْكَ This is something essential for a believer. Another very important theme that is constantly throughout the surah is calling people to the religion of Allah, to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like for example, we see that the youth, what did they do? In a way, they did da'wah to who? To the people. Similarly, we see that the owner of the two gardens, his friend, he did da'wah to him. The teacher and his student. The teacher is teaching his student. The king, القرنين, Even he, when he said that I will reward those who are good, who have iman and amal salih, then this is doing da'wah in a way. So this is something that is mentioned throughout the surah as well. At the beginning, what did we learn in the surah? Alhamdulillah <laughs> الذي أنزل على عبده الكتابة ولم يجعل له بَأْسًا so this is something that has been mentioned at the beginning of the surah and also at the end of the surah. What do we learn? About the message that all of the Prophets conveyed. Which is أَنَّمَا ilahukum ilahu وَاحِدُ So these are some of the lessons that we should reflect upon in the surah. Every Friday when you recite the surah, reflect upon these themes, reflect upon these lessons. Never recite the surah just to complete the recitation. That's not the only objective. The objective is that we should gain some nur. There should be some light, some guidance, some rectitude that we obtain from reciting and reflecting upon the surah. So keep these themes in mind when you reflect upon the surah, when you recite it. Recitation.
2: <تصفيق> ان الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات كانت لهم جنات الفردوس نزلا خالدين فيها لا يبغون عنها حولا قل لو كان البحر مدادا لكلمات ربي لنفد البحر قبل ان تنفد كلمات ربي وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا إِلَٰهُكُمْ إِلَٰهٌ وَاحِدٌ فَمَن كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا لا يعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة
3: ربه أحدا. إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات إن لهم جنات الفردوس نزلا.
0: سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ وَا لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ وبركاته.